of shooting, we pick the most difficult set ever. Smoke, mirrors in every direction. Love it. Welcome to Twilight. You're listening to Another Bite of Twilight, a podcast where we look back on our obsession with the Twilight Saga and continue to freak out ten years later. Hi guys! Hello! Happy Twilight Tuesday! Welcome back! Hope you're Welcome back. enjoying the theme song. <laughs> it's gonna fade out in a couple seconds. <laughs> My name is Mel. And I'm Kel. And this... Oh, <laughs> were you gonna say that we're cousins? Yeah. <laughs> oh, cousin telepathy! How did you know? <laughs> I was actually not going to say, I was going to say this is our podcast. Oh. Yep. Thanks yeah, for joining cousins. us for the Twilight Podcast for the Modern Person. Mm-hmm. It's another bite of Twilight. A little bit about ourselves. We started this podcast two years ago. Uh, we've been fans of Twilight since we were, what was it, like 12, 12 and 13 years old? Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would say twelve and thirteen. So it's been a while now. We're both in our mid twenties, and mm-hmm. we're still obsessed with Twilight. I would say we gave it up for a few years. Not gave it up, but like the obsession. What's a good way to say it? Like faded a little bit, just because like there wasn't that many relevant yeah. Twilight things happening when we were in college. So yeah. two years ago, we really started revisiting it, and almost three years ago. Oh, yeah, you're, that's so true. Because it was 2018. Wow, I cannot believe that. <laughs> I know, that's weird. <laughs> that that's doesn't so right. weird. What the heck? Yeah, but Mel, you and I would still, even though there was nothing new in the fandom going on mm-hmm. and it was kind of dead, you know, Tumblr, everything, it was kind of over, but we would still talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And go in the woods, and it would be yeah. like Twilight vibes, and that's why we decided to do this podcast, because we were like, still so much to say. And actually, guess what? What? Tonight, I am going to my friend Carrie's apartment with my friend mm-hmm. Maddie, and we're having like, well, she's throwing like a Twilight <gasps> night thing. I don't know if we're going to watch the movie or whatever, Oh my but god! I'm wearing my Edward shirt right now. <laughs> what is that? Is that in honor of you? No, I think oh. her and Catherine Regan shout out. Oh, it's Catherine's mm-hmm. half birthday apparently. Um, wanted to do it and invited Maddie, and then she told Maddie I should go. So that's <gasps> what we're doing. Oh my god! You should share pictures. I should. I should. I will. I know. That's so cool. I can't believe it. I, I think Twilight right now, and honestly, part of me feels a little stressed sometimes, but, like, it's so, it's so stupid. Like, what a trivial thing to be stressed about. But when people are, like, suddenly super into oh, it, that hated on it for years and years, it's, like, the <laughs> cliche hipster thing of, like, well, where were you when, yeah. when it was hard to be a Twilight fan? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, especially Gen Z and everyone on TikTok, I feel like they're all, like, super into it now. I mean, Gen Z, a lot of them are babies, so <laughs> can't fault them for that. Uh, people but... totally mess up the generations, I feel. Like, I've noticed people mm. calling people in, like, their late 20s Gen Z, and that's not Gen Z. 
Yeah. I mean, the line is blurry, but, like, they call Phoebe Bridgers Gen Z, for instance, and I would say she's a millennial. Yeah, but she, I feel like she has Gen Z vibes. Mm. But she's not. I know. she's my age, and I wouldn't call myself Gen Z. But it's like she's popular with Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of her audience is Gen Z. But it's tough. Like, some of the generations are so vast. Like, yeah. they're millennials who are in their older... I mean, but also, it's like, it's not just the generation. It's socioeconomic economical differences. It's like the states that you're from, like, the Well, yeah, culture, I don't think generations like, mean anything. Yeah, I don't think so either. I actually get very fed up with the whole discussion about it, because I think young people are always going to seem cool, because we live in the a society that values youth. Like, I think young mm. people in every decade were really cool. Like, I think to be young in the 60s seemed sick, but, oh, those are baby boomers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they seemed really cool back then, but now it's, like, exactly. oh, they're old. Guess and what, like, Gen Z? You're going to be old someday, and people exactly. are going to make fun of you. And, and you're going to be, like, humiliated. what? <laughs> well, my, my TikTok that I posted the other day with, like, me getting ready as yeah. if I was in middle school, so many Gen Z kids commented on it and were like, y'all old as fuck, you were in seventh grade? I wasn't even alive then. Like, okay, I'm not old, you're just a child. <laughs> it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't, yeah. even if you are old as fuck, like, doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, I can't help that. <laughs> I cannot help that. Yeah. That, Mel, I literally couldn't tell if that was, like, real, like, footage from your diary, you know, when you used to do videos, or, like, yeah, new. Yeah, like, no, it was Was new. some of it from the past? No, it was all new. Oh, my gosh. It was all... I did it, like, in, like, 20 minutes, Did too. you put things on your wall to make it look like it, or are they... No, my wall, sadly, just, like, <laughs> still looks like that. That's the part tripped me up. I was like, wait, that looks like it's from middle school. <laughs> I know. I have all the stuffed animals and everything in the background. No, that's not... So many people also commented that, like... Wait, is this real? And then I saw people debating, like, no, the camera quality is too good. And then some people were like, no, the camera quality is awful. Like, oh okay, gosh. sorry, I don't have a ring light. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, that was all filmed last Saturday. That's awesome. Whoa. And yeah, another Twilight News that singer yes. has a music video. Oh, we should get her name. I know it's. Do you remember? It's featuring Lovely the Band. What was her name? Oh my gosh. Oh, I just looked it up. Tessa Violet. Yeah. Is the singer with Lovely the Band, which you guys might know they do the song that's like, I like that you're broke, you're mm. broken like me. <laughs> but anyway, they have a song and it's literally Twilight baseball scene themed. Yeah. Li- like it, Literally. It couldn't be more obvious. And then Peter Fascinelli shows up. Yeah. And the scene it has the font. Although he's definitely not really there. And, like, the joke is that he's not really there. It's, like, yeah, the film separately. Um, and it's really cool, beautiful aesthetics. I wish yeah. I knew how to film something and get that exact filter. Like, on all of our pictures and videos, I always try to apply, like, a cool tint to it. But I don't know yeah. how to get that aesthetic down perfectly. Mm. It's hard. I know. Sometimes I do it and it's a little off, but mm. I mean I think I think we do pretty well, mostly you do a good job with the blue tint because like if you put something that doesn't have it it's very obvious mm. yeah like oh my god 
It needs to be blue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. Like, it's crazy that it's 2021 and we're living in a world where a band just did a Twilight music video. That makes me happy. What? I know. <laughs> that makes me happy. It is crazy. <laughs> I I hope that um, Rob and Kristen have the same... I, I think Kristen has always loved it. Like, I think she's never really, like, hated on it. And we don't really know for sure how Rob feels about the series. But yeah. I hope that they... All of everyone who's who was in the series ends up having the same journey that Miley Cyrus seemed to have when it comes to <laughs> Hannah Montana like we were just together reading Miley's letter to Hannah after like 10 years or something 15 years yeah. and I hope that all of them look back with so much fondness and appreciation for the series and love it and are super proud of being a part of it I think they do I mean I don't know about all the actors but I think Rob didn't he recently say that he saw New Moon? Oh, yeah, and that's watched true. It and he realized it was really good. Yeah. And I don't know if he said really good or just good, but he also said that the soundtracks were awesome. And I don't know. I feel like he's realizing yeah. how cool it is that he was in that. Sometimes people just need separation from something, too. Like, I can, like I've kind of been a bandwagon with Taylor Swift because there was a good while where when everyone started to hate her I also started to hate her Mm -hmm. but it didn't feel like I was going along with everyone else like I do think like I genuinely felt like annoyed Mm -hmm. and I I feel like a lot of I was yeah a lot of people probably felt the same way and now they're not annoyed anymore because there's enough time has passed and so maybe that's (laughs) the way it was for Twilight too like it wasn't everyone's cup of tea and it just was overexposed like can you imagine watching the MTV movie awards and like every single category twilight takes like that could be kind of annoying (laughs) if you're not into it if you didn't care yeah yeah, i know it is so upsetting for some reason i don't know i've even like googled this before i don't know why like why is it that when you don't like something it's so upsetting when everyone else does i know i don't know what's something that you don't like that everyone else does (sighs) now i can't think of something i remember like a couple years ago there was something that i was like I don't get it. Like, why does everyone like this? Um, I'm thinking of some things right now, but they're not even that big, so it's not that big of a deal. Mm. It's, I mean, it's still, like, way harder to love something that everyone hates. <laughs> I feel like I yeah, experience yeah, that yeah, way yeah. more. Yeah, it's sad. You want to connect with people. You know, mm. you, it, it, yeah, there's definitely worse emotions with that than the opposite but it can be just very irritating yeah I don't know maybe because of COVID there hasn't been a ton of media in the past year maybe I'm just like not remembering Mm -hmm. (laughs) maybe like superhero movies yeah um but to be fair I feel like I've never given those a chance yeah I've only seen like a couple um I think that's true though I think it's like Twilight haters where maybe they didn't even see it, but it's just mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. And they just get the vibe that it's not their kind of thing, so I don't know. Well, speaking of Twilight haters, I did want to share with you that <gasps> I have started to read Life and Death. 
I mean, what? I'm only 25 pages in. That's such when an were you going to tell me that? Aren't <laughs> we going to cover it for the podcast? I started reading it today, like on a whim, a couple hours ago. I'm literally oh only God. 25 pages in just because I was bored. Um, wow. But reading it is making me think that when we do cover it, like I do think we don't really need to do like multiple parts because it is the same story. Like we already mm. know the plot to it that... I don't, True. I feel like we could really only do one episode and I feel like a lot of people would probably prefer that since a lot of people haven't read <laughs> the book. Yeah. Wow. Should we do that soonish? Maybe. Maybe if you guys want it. I just, I, a couple of things I wanted to say, like I literally, this isn't spoiling anything. I'm only 25 pages in, but it is really interesting reading it because I feel like Stephanie is challenging everyone's gender norms like and flipping Mm. all the critics like flipping their arguments on their own head because everyone always is criticizing Bella for being a damsel in distress or criticizing Bella for this and that because she's a woman it's making women look bad and yet yeah the character of Bo who's doing the same exact stuff and in my head I'm thinking oh wait a guy wouldn't feel that way a guy wouldn't do that and it's like wait why like why are we assigning these behaviors to a gender and so it's just kind of interesting that like stephanie is showing that the critics who a lot of times come from a really a place of i guess being progressive are really being putting women in a box and kind of doing the opposite of maybe what they value by using bella's gender as i don't know yeah having anything to do with her character that's cool i've always felt like those criticisms in the name of feminism or whatever were Mm -hmm. just as restrictive in just a different way yeah like saying you have to be this way like judging it's judging bella's character because she's a woman Mm -hmm. and acts that way you know what i mean yeah and literally this character is doing the exact same things and it's just showing okay how do you how do you perceive it differently when it's a guy or a girl mm, interesting it is really interesting interesting but i am yeah. tr- struggling with oh with the names oh yeah i know i mean i like i have looked through it before and it is weird yeah it is kind of hard to like wrap your head around it it's a yeah experiment have you read the beginning of it life and death like the the intro that stephanie gives talking about releasing it i think i did but it was a while ago like when i first bought the book so what does it say it's just sad because she says she wrote it for the 10th anniversary and the like second paragraph she goes i'm so sorry I know that you want Midnight Sun. Like, it's, oh she's so God. self-aware that people didn't ask for this and didn't want it. And oh. But in her defense, like, the publisher was only expecting her to write, like, a thank you letter. And she ended up writing this new book. So she didn't have to give us anything at the time that wow. she did. That's cool. Yeah. And I think she only had a short amount of time to write it, too. So it's really cool that she did. We're talking a lot about Stephanie today because they're talking about the origins and inspiration Mm. for Twilight. But I I feel like it just ties into what you're talking about right now. Because I was reading about Midnight Sun and stuff. And it's crazy 
this was in she has like frequently asked questions on her website now which i think i looked at like the page source and i think it was uploaded in november but i missed it Mm -hmm. um because i don't know after the book came out i thought that was like (laughs) all that was going to be on the website but she was saying that she's been working on literally been working on midnight sun this whole time yeah which is crazy to me because i thought she just like shelved it and didn't care about it anymore but she's just been struggling with it but she did say that like writing life and death helped her get back into it because mm-hmm. she was able to think about the core of the character's personalities without like the baggage of the fandom and the actors and all that that she kind of like lost which is freaky to think about um so yeah i guess it was like helpful we can thank life and death for making midnight sun happen True. And possibly, if she ever has any other books in the Twilight series, we don't know, but probably that too, because it seems like Life and Death helped her get back into it. Yeah. It seemed like it really... She said that it made her fall in love with the series again. So, I don't... Mm. Not verbatim that, but it reignited the old spark. Cute. She also said she will not write another book of the Twilight books. Again, like, she's not going to do New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn, and mm-hmm. Edward's point of view. She's not going to do anything like that. In Edward's point of view? Yeah. Or anyone's <sighs> point of view. Wait, but I thought she said she was thinking about something. She said... So... Okay. You take she it away. Has <laughs> pl- sorry. She has plans, which I didn't know this. Like, I know she has said before that she was going to maybe have books someday about, like, Jacob and Renesme, but she says on her website now that... She is planning on having books in, I don't know if it's two books, did I write this down? Um, a book in Renesmee's point of view and Leah's, but mm. it's not the Twilight Saga, like it's not a retelling, that's what I meant, I guess, like oh, okay. she's not doing any more retellings, oh, okay. it's going to be like totally new. Nothing in that time frame. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And she said it would take place 10 to 15 years after Breaking Dawn. Which is crazy. That's, oh yeah, I'm reading here. The story will revolve around the characters, but Renesmee will be narrating along with Leah Clearwater. Huh. Whoa. I know. The new love triangle. (laughs) That would be cool. Jacob, Renesmee, and Leah. I mean, it's kind of <gasps> interesting here, huh? That she's lumping Renesmee and Leah together as narrators. Oh my gosh, that would actually be so cool. That would be so cool. I have to think that she has, in the past decade, reevaluated the relationship between Jacob and Renesmee. Maybe. I mean, has she ever said what her intentions were for their relationship? I don't think so. I mean, it's been, I feel like in the story, it was heavily implied and expected that it would turn romantic, and that's the way most yeah. fans have perceived it, but... I know. The fact that Leah and Renesmee narrating together, that makes me think... I wonder. Maybe. But I also feel like she knows where the story's going. Like, I almost don't mm-hmm. see her changing anything, you know? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's very hard, I think, as a writer to, like, ch- change something that big. If you, if you like, thought, oh, Nesme and Jacob are going to be together, I think it would be hard to change that. But maybe. 
She does warn us that any future Twilight books won't appear for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? <sighs> <laughs> I know. Pro- I'm guessing, like, year, I don't know, more than five years. Yeah. Shh, oh, ten years? I don't know. <sighs> I think ten years seems not reasonable, but we just waited ten years for Midnight Sun. So, yeah. to me, that's long. But I have to think as well that Stephanie seems like, like especially with life and death, she'll just occasionally get really into the book and then find very quick inspiration and get going and whip something out faster than she expects. If she does something like that, I could see her dropping a total surprise book on us. And she's had so much time probably with quarantine and everything. Yeah. Maybe. I know, she wrote freaking Twilight in three months. Yeah. It's crazy. I know we've said it before, but it's just nuts. Like, some people spend ten years writing a book. I mean, she just did it with Midnight Sun, for instance. But, like, yeah. I think most people's debuts take forever. So, wow. She got so lucky. I think it's interesting, too. This kind of connects, in a way, to, like, the critics, feminism, whatever, on her website. Sorry, guys, this isn't really, like, about the inspirations yet, but, I mean, actually, kind of. It says, um, this question is, has the Me Too movement influenced your way of telling the love story from Edward's point of view? Which I think is interesting. She put these questions purposefully on her website. Mm. And then she answered, the Me Too movement did not influence the writing of Midnight Sun because I was locked into the story it wrote in 2003. Really, I couldn't change the script at all, so it is just the other half of that story, and it truly belongs in 2003, too. However, the Me Too movement didn't tell me anything I didn't already know about the way women are treated in this world, and Edward was, in some ways, an antidote to that knowledge. Though he definitely has flaws, he always sees Bella as a fully formed human being, never sees her as less than or lacking in value or as an object far from it. Um, and she says a little more, but I thought that was interesting, um, and I kind of liked her response, like, I don't know, the question does seem a little rude, it's, like, implying, like, oh, have you realized now that your book was dumb or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, actually, like, I, I already knew that, like, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I think especially Jacob does act questionable, but clearly, like, she has things in the book about, like, sexual assault and, like, people getting what they deserve for that. Yeah, I think in a way it's a little bit offensive to ask a woman something like that because it's like, of course she knows that this is how women are treated in society. She's a woman herself, like... None of this really is really the point of yeah. Me Too. Like, I never realized. Yeah, exactly. Like, that women get, like, sexually mistreated and stuff. Like, Yeah. We've talked about it so many times. I think a lot of Edward's actions are totally misinterpreted just based off the fact that he is a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is not a story set in our society. It's not in our universe. It's in a vampire universe where he's not going to act like a human. Would that even be interesting? Like, what's the point of him yeah. being a vampire if he's just going to act like a regular... I know, exactly. Joe Schmo. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. There has to be something a little scary about it and a little creepy. And Bella yeah. likes that, so... That's the point. It's like, is this right? Oh, <laughs> it's so wrong, it's right. Yeah, exactly. You know? 
<laughs> well, speaking of inspirations, also, I just reading this frequently asked questions. Uh, she was asked what inspired you to return to the story to Midnight Sun and want to publish it. Ooh. She said, I didn't really return to the story. I never left it. Oh, wait. That's what you said. What did, did she I? say? Oh. She said well, something. She's been working Let's on see. it the whole time. Creating the story let me get back into the characters. Uh, actually, nothing different that you haven't already said. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, no I feel problem. like I thought I saw something. About a different franchise, but I can't find it. Oh, well. Oh, well. Well, so we're talking about the origins, inspirations, influences Mm -hmm. of Twilight. And this is an official section in the illustrated guide. Mm -hmm. I read the, the, actually got a lot of things from the conversation with Shannon Hale. Did Mm. you read that? I didn't read it, no. Oh, okay. That's where I got most of my, like, ideas for this episode. Oh. I guess. Yeah, so this is an official illustrated guide. If you guys have read that or not, Mel. Mm -hmm. To someone who maybe doesn't know, (laughs) where did Stephanie get her inspiration for Twilight? (laughs) Well, her original inspiration, from my understanding, was from a dream that she had. You don't say. Yes. A dream she had <laughs> of a beautiful guy in a meadow with a girl staring at each other, talking about how they couldn't touch because it was too dangerous. Is that correct? Wow. I think so. Is he sparkling in it? Yeah. She says... There was this beautiful image, this boy just glittering with light and talking to this normal girl, and the dream really was about him. She was also listening, and I was, and he was the one telling the story. It was mostly about how much he wanted to kill her, and yet how much he loved her. In the dream, I think I'd gotten most of the way through what's chapter 13 now. The part where he recounts how he felt in each specific previous scene was obviously put in later because I hadn't written those earlier scenes yet everything else in the scene was mostly what they were actually talking about in the dream even the analogy about food was something that i got in my dream that is so crazy that is crazy what the heck so should i just read what i have in this interview maybe and then we can get to the that chapter yeah um so it is so crazy because she says repeatedly in the guide in this interview with the writer Shannon Hale that, like, she wasn't a writer. It was Mm -hmm. so ridiculous. Like, she didn't even think she was writing a book. And you're like, how does Stephanie Meyer just get a dream? (laughs) Like, it's almost like the story is given to her. Mm -hmm. And then she just out of nowhere writes a book when she claims she wasn't a writer and then now is one of the biggest authors of our time. Like, how It's a little hard to believe. It is hard to believe. Just so lucky. I also think she's not being very honest Mm. when she says that. Like, she, in this interview, says that um, growing up, she would always, like, write stories in her head, basically. Mm -hmm. Let me find this part. You know, when I was a kid, I always told myself stories, but I didn't write them down. I didn't have to. My memory was great then. So I could always go back and revisit the one about this, the one about that, and go over and refine it. I mean, that sounds very writerly (laughs) to me. Like, that she's thinking about stories in her head and, like, yeah, refining it and stuff. And she says, as a kid, 
And growing up, she used to paint a lot. She won awards. She was okay with watercolors. And then she did study English, and she said she wrote a few chapters of things, but they didn't go anywhere. And, yeah, she said, when I was in college, I actually wrote a couple chapters of something, dot, 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 because I think it's the law when you're an English major you have to consider being an author as a career but it was a ridiculous thing I mean there's no way you can make a living as a writer mm. so I don't know I think like she like, did write she's kind of being really humble when she acts like yeah I never wrote before <laughs> I think I think what she really means is she never wrote for money she never got paid yeah. to write mm-hmm. but so I think she, she had it in her yeah so. I mean, she didn't want to maybe claim that she was a writer because it was just something that she did for fun or didn't think that, you know, like, even now, like, if you tell someone, I'm a writer, like, sometimes people can be judgmental, and maybe that's, like, the culture that she was in where she maybe felt embarrassed. (laughs) Hi, Summer. (laughs) Sorry. Dog Summer is barking. Summer. She just totally agrees with what you're saying, Mel. (laughs) That's what Summer wanted to say. Summer. (laughs) Mm, yeah so let me see what else she says in this chapter this interview that I thought shed some light on inspiration oh well I mean it just sounded so cool in a way like she says that the summer she wrote Twilight um when I look back okay she says here it was this really hot muggy nasty summer and when I looked Mm. back on it it seemed like I'd spent the whole summer in a cool green place because that's how distant my brain was from where I from what was really going on. I wasn't there, which is sad. I was physically there for my kids. One second. Summer. Summer. So she basically goes on to say that, you know, she was there, like, taking care of her kids, but mentally all summer she was checked out, like, just in forks. And she Mm -hmm. said, but I don't think you can keep up that kind of concentrated effort for more than a summer. You have to find some balance eventually. Um which kind of makes sense maybe how she was able to write it so quickly. Like, she was just so obsessed. Yeah. And then, you know, now with, like, Midnight Sun, you know, she has more going on in her life, other projects. She can't really, like, be that dedicated with her mind. So, yeah, And it sounds like it, it was a good experience, but also she felt a little bit sad that she was not really that present mm-hmm. that summer with her family. Yeah. She also talks about how she was kind of, like, losing herself. So Shannon Hale asked her if she'd been creative in other ways before, and she says, it was, a crea- it was a creative outlet that was the best one I'd ever found, writing. She means, I've done other creative things, birthday cakes and really great Halloween costumes, oh. if I do say so myself. I was always looking for ways to creatively express myself, and it was always kind of a frustrating thing. It was never enough. Being a mom, especially when kids are younger, when they get older, it's a lot easier. You have to be about them every minute, and a lot of who Stephanie is was slipping away. Mm. Mm. So, I don't know if she even is that sad about the (laughs) summer she wasn't really there, because I think she found her creative outlet. I know this isn't really directly in the inspirations, but it's more about the process. And it's kind of interesting. She says on the writing process, uh, Shannon Hale 
yeah. is saying, I try not to read anything that I've already published. And Stephanie says, if I read it in the book form, I can usually relax and kind of enjoy it. I like to experience the stories again because I can see it like I... Because I can see it like I did the first time I saw it. But sometimes it's hard not to be like, oh, I hate that now. Why did I do it that way? Mm. <laughs> the whole entire Renesmee imprinting thing. <laughs> I love, to be honest, I love reading things that I wrote a long time ago for the most part. Because I'm like, yes, I really connect with that. And I'm like, wait, I wrote it. That's why. I I hate it. <laughs> Yeah. Even, like, for my job, like, reading something I wrote last year or something, mm. I'm like, oh, this... Yeah, I feel the same as Stephanie. Like, I, this could be way better. I, I can't stand to read things I wrote in the past. That's true. It's so embarrassing. Mm. That's cool, though. I mean, I would love to feel that way. Maybe... Maybe someday. I just get caught up in, like, the way it's written. Yeah. More than the ideas. Th- that's true. And get so embarrassed i can't go back and listen to the podcast these days i used to listen to it all the time and really enjoyed it but for some reason i (laughs) I just can't anymore i i like to it makes me laugh Mm -hmm. i i enjoy it (laughs) um yeah interesting opposite i can't go back to writing but i can i can listen to the podcast it's okay (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't know why i think i'm able to deal with it better this is a very long interview. Yeah. So, I think we're going to get into this more later, but I just wanted to read what she said here. So, Stephanie's very, very, very influenced by classic literature, mm-hmm. which is her fave type of books, and you can see that all throughout the series. And we're going to touch on that more later, but this part is on Breaking Dawn specifically, which I thought was interesting and something I hadn't really thought of before that you know she loves older books classics and the whole idea of like Bella being at risk for her life being pregnant is kind of like a as she says in this older storyline or older concept like yes it is still dangerous for modern women Mm -hmm. um but in the past it was like much more common for it to be life-threatening you know yeah And Stephanie says, that's something new for this century. You know, there was a time when childbirth was possibly the most terrifying thing you could do in your life. And you were literally looking death in the face when you went ahead with it. And so this was kind of a flashback to a time when that's what every woman went through. Not that they got ripped apart, but you had no guarantees about whether they were going to live through it or not. Mm. You know, I recently read, and I don't read nonfiction generally, Becoming Jane Austen, which... Stephanie loves Jane Austen. She does. Um, <laughs> that's the one subject that would get me to go out and read nonfiction. And the author's conclusion was that one of the reasons Jane Austen might not have married when she did have the opportunity, well, she watched her very dear nieces and friends die in childbirth. And it was like a death sentence. You get married and you will have children, you will have children, and you will die. I mean, it was a terrifying world. And Bella's pregnancy and childbirth, to me, were a way to kind of explore that concept of what childbirth used to be that made it very specific for readers who were interested in that, and it did take it away from some of the fans who were expecting something different. I was aware that it was taking Bella in a new direction for that. It wasn't as relatable for a lot of people. I knew it was going to be a problem for some readers. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like she's... She's very into the historic stuff, and I could see that influencing her. 
It just seems like a lot of Bella's character is influenced by those characters in the classics. So mm-hmm. it would make sense that a something that women of that time would go through would be a part of Bella's experience, but just in a different reimagined way. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's a part in this interview where it's this little topic at the top is on literary inspirations. And she talks about Jane Eyre, which I've actually never read. I was just reading. So funny. I went to the page where she's talking about childbirth and I have a sticky note from years and years ago where I wrote, Stephanie Meyer has stated that Bella's pregnancy in one way was to explore how childbirth used to be. Wow. (laughs) I wonder if you meant to say that on the show. I was, no, I meant to say it as a Twilight fact on our old Tumblr. (gasps) (laughs) No way. Yeah, because this is my old handwriting. That's so funny. Because you telling me that, it's like as if I just heard it for the first time. Whoa. Yep, we used to have Twilight Facts Tumblr back in Mm -hmm. the day. This is not our first Twilight gig. No. (laughs) That's funny. What's up with us, like, making a, not a job, but, you know, like, a project about... About Twilight. Twilight. I know. What will our next one be? Hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, so Jane Eyre, I know you've read it. Mm-hmm. I bought it. I still haven't read it yet. I would love to, though. Um, because it does sound similar just from what I've read about it. But, but she says... Originally, you know that part in Breaking Dawn when Merchant of Venice is the book that Alice wrote her note in. Yeah. Whatever. Which I've also never read. But it originally was supposed to be Jane Eyre. Yeah. Yeah. And Stephanie Meyer says, but Jane Eyre had nothing to do with the story. It just got in there because Jane Eyre was one of my best friends growing up. She was a really big part of my life. Laughs. That's why it was in there because the book was such a big part of my growing up experience and the way I view the world. Because actually, I do think there's a Bella Jane Eyre relationship. Jane Eyre is a stoic. She does what she thinks is right and she takes it. She doesn't mouth off about it. You know, in her head, maybe she suffers, but she never lets that cross her lips. And I do think there's some of that stoicism, not in the same way, but there's a little bit of that in Bella. And she goes on to say how A Midsummer Night's Dream is kind of what influenced Breaking Dawn because it's, I've never read that, but I guess lovely fantasy heartbreak of people not loving the right people, which happens all the time, um, is made right in this glittery instant of fairy dust. Have Have you you read that? Yeah, I mean, a good... Have you seen the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody episode where they do the play for A Midsummer Night's Dream? Hmm. And I think <laughs> Zack has a crush on one girl and Cody has a crush on the other. And then something happens and, like, they the other girls, like, like the other twin or something. It's kind of like that. Interesting. It's just, like, a okay. fairy puts a spell on them and then the couples, like, swap. Like, the ones that are supposed to love the other one love the other one so then there's like a lot of heartbreak whoa so is that supposed to be do you think that influenced the Jacob Renesme thing oh I didn't even think about it like he loves Bella and then in an instant he now loves Renesme oh I don't even think about it in relation to Renesme what did you think of it I was thinking about it 
almost like Bella was the person that he wasn't really supposed to love. But that would that would be more clips anyway, so yeah, I, I guess that is kind of like it. Like, it's almost like literally Renesmee's born, and that's the fairy putting it. I mean, it's been a while since I read it. I think there's a fairy. Puts a spell <laughs> on them, and then all of a sudden he's bewitched by Renesmee. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I would like to read a lot of the inspirations for Twilight. Mm. Um, she talks about Wuthering Heights, too, which I have read, and I liked it, but it's been, like, years, so I'd like to reread it. And even, like, Romeo and Juliet, like, we got that at the Twilight Festival. Oh, yeah. Remember? Um, it's been a while since, like, I read Romeo and Juliet in eighth grade. Yeah. I read it in high school, I think. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool, though, to read and be like, oh, it's like Twilight. Mm, and she says, like, she says something in this interview about, like, people who aren't writers might think, like, oh, that's kind of stealing to, you no. know, take such inspiration from so many things. But that's just the way it is. Like, that, all, yeah. everything's influenced from everything, you know. I remember learning in school that everything has already been written. Like, every story has already been written. It's just the way you tell it. And so every single story draws on a different story. And, like, sometimes that story might be the Bible. Like, yeah. sometimes it might be an oral story that was passed down. Like, there is really no original idea. It's true. Yeah. But that's okay. That is okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, think if you wrote a story with no inspirations, it'd be like, it'd be weird. Like, it'd just be like, oh, I just came up with this. It's just kind how of would that even thing. be possible? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you, the only way you know about anything is from something. Exactly. Like <laughs> I mean, maybe a story based on your own life, but like, you still have to be inspired by something else. In the way yeah. that you tell it. Like, nothing yeah. can be 100% original. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, even, like, music. Like, a song often has inspiration from something else. Yeah. Yeah, nothing can be completely new. And then, so, Stephanie also says, I think that there's a lot of Mr. Rochester and Edward. And I think that there's a lot of Jane and Edward. Oh, Jane mm. and Edward, because he would take himself away from a situation that's not right, just like she does. And then she's like Bella coming home at the end. But my goodness, how close that is. I thank you, Shannon Hale. Oh, wait. Sorry. What? Did Shannon say? <laughs> Shannon said, it works so well in New Moon. I also identified with New Moon, though, because there's something a little Rochester-y about Edward for me. And then Stephanie just goes, Yeah. <laughs> I think it, translating it's weird. It probably was like a quick like yeah. That's funny. <laughs> and yeah. then ever leaves and then <laughs> Jane Eyre. Jane is the one who leaves. Yeah. <laughs> and she's with Saint John. But you know Jane and Mister Rochester need to be together. And you don't know are they going to be get together? Are and then there's this little bit of the mystical when she hears him call her name and she returns to him and she saves him. And I love that in New Moon too. I never get tired of it. Oh yeah, that's so true. She does. Like, hear him call yeah. her name. I have never thought of that in that context. And there's so much that works with that comparison. This is what Stephanie's saying. I mean, I'm going to have to think about this some more later. Because, wow, there is a lot. I've never written a book where I said, this one has a Jane Eyre emphasis. But I think you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of the influence probably was subconscious for Stephanie just because she loved these books so much. Yeah. 
You know, isn't it funny how books influence us, she said. They become a part of who you are. I mean, how much of my childhood that I remember has actually happened to me and how much of it is the events that were in Anne of Green Gables. You know, I'm really, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure because reading was so much of who I was and those stories were every bit as real and much more exciting than the day-to-day boringness that was my life. But Jane Eyre was the person that I always felt like I knew. I think that there's a lot of... Oh, and then this is what I just read. A lot of Mr. Rochester and Edward. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that probably most of her influences, inspirations are subconscious. Like, no one really sits down to write a novel and they're like, all right, these are my inspiration. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. I think it's a little more obvious if you're doing something like visual, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're styling a fashion ad or something, you're like, have a mood board of your inspiration. But like, I think a lot of people don't mean to bring in certain things. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think with movies, that's probably way more common. Like, I know with the movie Elf, so random, but the. <laughs> People sat down and were like, okay, I want this to be, like, the old, like, Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town movies. I forget what those are called yeah. right now. Like, that was their direct inspiration. And you can tell, like, I think they almost got yeah, sued true. for copyright. <laughs> Actually. Yeah, I feel like the film industry, they're always, like, pitching things that way. It's like, it's Glee meets American yes. Story. I just made that up. But yeah, like, like <laughs> you have to do it that way for people to understand very quickly. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, like, maybe in publishing, people probably do that, too, like, when they're yeah. trying to pitch the book, like, but more so after the fact. Yeah, it's, like, after it's done, then you try to figure out what is it like. Yeah. Maybe some people start out knowing more, but... This is a spin on Jane Eyre where... <laughs> Jane Eyre as vampires. I don't know. <laughs> That's kind of cool. I guess you could take, like, any classic and then be like, let's make the- this a vampire story instead. Yeah. Modern I'm classic with vampires. <laughs> um, to Kill a Mockingbird, but vampires. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Kind of um, weird. The Odyssey, but vampires. <laughs> yeah. I don't even remember. I hope I don't sound stupid for saying this, but I don't even remember like what happens in the Odyssey. Uh, the Odyssey is so boring. I hated <laughs> the Odyssey. Like, okay, I just know that he's gonna win. Like, that's the point. Like, there's no suspense. Like, it is what it is. I sometimes hate that about the classics. Like, when you're reading it in school, it's like we're only reading this because it's a classic, but it doesn't really. Not that good. Like, I feel like there's so many better Mm. modern books that we could read but we don't because they're modern I don't know I do like a lot of classics I I don't think I think modern books there are some good ones but I feel like 90% of them aren't that good do you think in school though we we read way too much like Shakespeare like I understand he's a huge influence in English literature but why do we have to read like six different Shakespeare plays hmm I actually did not. I think I read Romeo and Juliet, um, <laughs> Twelfth Night. <laughs> but I think that was in college. Did you read Hamlet? No, I didn't read Hamlet. Oh, wow. I think, uh, is it Julius Caesar? That mm-hmm. one? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all we did. Um, but my English teacher is pretty awesome. 
at picking like different books and he actually mm. let us pick them senior year oh that's so nice but like everyone still picked like we, we, you couldn't pick the hunger games or something you know it had yeah. to be like a good esteemed book in the canon or whatever but because he was like really snobby but yeah i i think a lot of them it's more like foundational and maybe they don't really explain it like it's important because it's influenced, like, everything after mm. in a way, you know? Yeah. Just, like, old movies. Like, you might think it's boring, but, like, people did not know how to make movies. That's true. Back in the day. And something like Citizen Kane, for instance, like, was the first, like, modern movie, you could say, where they're trying, like, all these different things with shots and everything and lighting and it was That's faster true. paced and it was, like, really changed everything. But when you look back, it's like, oh, it's boring. <laughs> yeah. I guess like I guess in in schools you only have so much time to cover so much and I think it's a little bit of a waste so it's like okay we're covering at least in my school we I think I read six Shakespeare plays and it's like why wow. why all yeah. that time dedicated to just one writer I don't know I know that's a lot I know I think I only it's did two Shakespeare in high, in school and then one in college yeah it's lazy Hmm. So many books, so little time. Yeah. I do find that as I'm older, I really like reading classics, though. Um, but yeah, sometimes they are. I'm actually reading a book right now that Charlie lent me. It's from the 1800s in China. Wow. And it's pretty interesting. Like That's why I love reading those books, because it's cool to read something like that. I think it's from, like, 1806 or something it's cool to read something like that and you're like wow like people are the same you know like I just love Mm -hmm. having those realizations but it is kind of boring sometimes (laughs) (laughs) there are like some chapters that were cool and then one now I'm like okay nothing's really happening (laughs) I think there should be a balance at least in school when kids are coming into their own of the classics and more modern things that are a little bit not easier to understand but just a little mm-hmm. bit more exciting because you don't want reading to feel like a chore all the time and True. I think that maybe more kids would fall in love with reading in high school if they read things that connected with them in the present tense more mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that, that was a big thing about Twilight like I wonder if kids hundreds of years from now would read Twilight and be like maybe got so many young kids into reading (laughs) maybe it did (sighs) what we were talking about about like influences being subconscious and stuff Mm -hmm. I use I don't I feel like I've said this on the podcast already I can't remember um but in high school I used to be so annoyed with my teacher because I thought he was, like, looking for symbolism and things that weren't there. Yeah. But now I actually think that there is still value to thinking about that and talking about that. Even if a writer didn't mean to put something there, like, we're mm. all part of this huge, you know, subconscious, I guess you could say, like, culturally, whatever. Yeah. So many stories. We all have things that influence us that we don't know are influencing us. Yeah, true. And so even if someone didn't mean to make something a symbol, it could still be. <laughs> yeah. 
You know? I wonder if writers love that when people think it's deliberate. Yeah, probably. Like, like not to go back to that TikTok I made, but I was wearing Sky Zone socks. And oh. I don't even know they're Sky Zone socks. They're just they're in my sock drawer. And I don't know why I have them. I've never been to Sky Zone before. <laughs> and I just like to wear them because they have, they're like hospital socks. Like, they're not slippery. And I kind of mm-hmm. like that, you know? Yeah. And so I was wearing them, and so many people also commented, like, even, it's so accurate, even right down to the socks. And I was like, okay, that was not intentional, but I'm happy that's that so people funny. interpret it that way. Yeah, that's hilarious. I know. Yeah, but even here, like, Stephanie's like, oh, I didn't even really mean to do that. Yeah, exactly. I guess you're right. Yeah. I wonder how often writers, like, totally claim credit, like, Yes, that was my intention. That wasn't. <laughs> I don't know. I love those socks too. I have a pair like that. Have you been to Sky Zone before? Is that the trampoline place? Yeah. Yeah, I have been to, I guess, it's like in Malden, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I went there like two years ago. Oh, wow. Oh, that's fun. Mm hmm. It was fun. I want to go time. someday. It's cool. Although I feel like I wouldn't want to go and then there's a ton of kids around. Like, I I don't know. I'd feel awkward. I don't know why. When I went, it was it Sky Zone? Because, like, there weren't, I don't think there were kids. It was mostly adults, I think. Hmm. Maybe I should go. Maybe there were. During a time of day when kids are in school or maybe asleep already. Maybe there were kids, but, like, I remember doing, taking part in some dodgeball thing. Oh. I'm pretty sure it was all adults. Who did you go with? I went with my challenge friends shout out if anyone's listening um for alex hamilton hey alex her birthday oh wow that's fun (laughs) yeah i was actually so sore like the day after and the day after that that's a workout it was it's kind of embarrassing it's like because i always i have a trampoline you know what my parents have like yeah i had a trampoline but when you're on a trampoline for like two hours or I don't know how long we were there it's exhausting yeah it's 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 a lot trampolines are so fun though it is I love do you it. ever go on it still yeah sometimes yeah I like to make sure that I can like still do a flip yeah you have to check in with yourself to make sure you still have those skills yeah that's how I feel with cartwheels I'm like I have to make sure I can still do it I'll be so yeah. sad the day I can't because once it's gone I feel like I'm never gonna like Put in the practice to get a cartwheel the way True. I did when I was a kid. That would be so depressing. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I used to be able to... Uh, I used to always touch my feet to my head. Oh, I could never do that. And I can't do it anymore. And, yeah, I mean, whatever. I'm older, whatever. Yeah. It's It was going to happen, but it upsets me. <laughs> that is upsetting. I can't touch my toes anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. I could I get that back, that. though, I bet. Yeah, if you I wanted could. to. You could. But cartwheels, I used to, like, I used to practice them so mm. much because I was desperate to be able to do a cartwheel when I was a kid. And <laughs> once I got it, I would just do cartwheels back and forth, back and forth. Like, it was the most fun thing ever. Yeah. I should do that. I should do cartwheels as my form of exercise. Yeah. Like, that I still is do them sometimes so much body weight that outside. you're holding up. Yeah. Do it, Mel. It's the latest exercise craze. Yes. Cartwheeling. <laughs> okay, back to back to the origin. So should we jump to that section? 
of the book. Wait, let me just see if there's anything else. Well, she talks about Wuthering Heights, too, in this interview. And that's a very, like, similar sound to Jane Eyre, where um, the main girl, Kathy, has this love interest Heathcliff but she chooses to be with someone else mm. because I think he's like rich and just more esteemed in society or whatever but she chose wrong but at the same time Heathcliff is like a very dark person and they don't really bring out the best together so you're like well should she be with the one she loves Heathcliff or should she be with the one who's better for her in a way I don't know it's like that's kind of the question of the book and she says that, like, you could look at Edward and Jacob from one perspective and say, okay, this one is Heathcliff and this one is Edgar. And someone else might say, no, wait a second. Because of this reason and that reason, that one is Heathcliff and that one is Edgar. Mm. And I thought that was great because either one could have been the one that was wrong for her and either one could have been the one that is right. I like that confusion because that's how life is. Yeah. That is cool. I know. There isn't really, like, a definite, like, we'll fight about it, you know, the teams, but... Mm-hmm. Both of them, you can say, he's better for her, and the other one's toxic, or, <laughs> Yeah, <know? laughs> literally both ways you can spin it. Yeah. I've always thought that with relationships and stuff, too, like, especially, like, if you're going to talk about maybe a failed relationship, or, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many different ways that you could tell the same exact story of something, like, mm. that you could spin it. Like, I'm just thinking, so I'll think of, like, fictional stories, like, let's say Carrie and Big like you could say that that's a toxic relationship that's what I would say it is yeah where Big is a jerk and he always you know just treats her as an object of convenience that's how I feel yeah or you could be like one of those people who say like they are a power couple meant to be star-crossed lovers yeah Uh, you know they always come back into each other's life for a reason like there's a million different ways that you could tell a story and like same with with uh Jacob and Edward like it's like not neither is wrong or right it's just your perspective and how you interpret it I love that Mel yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's true you can always look at relationships so many different ways I think it's really confusing in real life if you're like evaluating your relationships you're like what's the truth I don't know yeah well is there universal truth deep yeah, that is a good question. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I think, like, it, it's it's awkward in real life when you, like, are mad at someone maybe and you tell a story where you paint them out to be this horrible villain and then you're yeah. not mad about them any- at them anymore and then you make it seem yeah not that way. <laughs> like, in, not even in romantic relationships. Like That's true. <laughs> Yeah, and it can get confusing as a friend if, like, someone's telling you yes, about a person and they make them sound bad, but then they're still in their life or whatever, or then they're really happy with them. It could be a friend. It could be a romantic partner. I don't know. Yeah. And you're like, wait, what? But I, I guess... happens. Yeah, I try to think, like, all right, there's so many sides to every relationship that both are true yeah exactly (laughs) two things can be true I think people usually like lock down the narrative honestly and it's sad when people die it's like that's when they like finalize the narrative (sighs) of like who that person was I know 
Wait, Mel, I have to go to the bathroom so bad. I'm so sorry. No worries. You want me to it's keep okay. it recording? Yeah, let's just keep recording. I'm just going right. to run over there. You chill. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hello? Hi. That was fast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> just had to, just number one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I figured. Imagine. I know. I like, was gone for a wicked long time. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like Tell me you were gonna drop a juice on me like that. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <sighs> okay, I just have one more thing to say from this interview. Yeah, go for it. Actually, two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just I found one thing that I thought could have subconsciously influenced her writing Bella's character yeah specifically the part about Bella not really having friends or caring about her friends (laughs) yeah because there's a part where Shannon Hale asks Stephanie Meyer have people changed toward you your friends family acquaintances Mm. and Stephanie answers like you know, because when I started writing, I had a bunch of little babies. We moved a couple times. And you lose track of people anyway, so I hadn't held on to many of my friends from before I started writing just because of my location. It's the same with my college roommates. We're lucky if we get a phone call in once a year anymore. Then I've gotten enormously busy. I've changed. I don't have as much time for social things. I do think that I probably lost some friends just out of sheer neglect, but I wasn't going to neglect my kids. Shane Hale says, yeah. And then Stephanie <laughs> Meyer, and that summer of Twilight, I couldn't do anything social. Why would I spend my time away from Forks when I could be there and getting better at balancing it? And I have some really great friends now, which is nice. Good. Um, she also says she has 75 first cousins. What? Yeah, that's probably part of being on Mormon. On one side of her family. Wow. But she says, so it's not like we can get together and party very often. Even though it sounds like she has a, lot of, a huge family, because they're so big, they don't get together. <laughs> yeah, because it's too big. Yeah. So I mean, how do you feed that many people at a barbecue? I know. Oh, it's so crazy. Can you imagine being the grandparent to all seventy-five of those kids? You have I know. seventy-five grandkids. Crazy. Can how you do even you even keep track? No, you probably can't even remember like their <laughs> names. Which one are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that was. It made me a little sad. Like, she kind of had a long explanation for mm. that answer that made it sound like she doesn't really hang out with friends a lot. But it yeah. reminded me of Bella. Like, Bella, I think, kind of moved around with Renee. And, yeah, you know, when she moved to Fork, she didn't seem to keep in touch with anyone from her previous life. And she doesn't really put in much effort with the human friends. Yeah. So, she I don't doesn't know. put in any effort with them. I thought that that could be influence that's kind of sad like we're lucky if we get in one phone call in a year i know that's and she said college roommates you know she didn't say like my friends from college yeah well i'm happy that she says that she has friends now i think yeah that's so important that's like that's one of the big things about bella that i I wish she had more friends outside of the collins but i guess she has jacob but outside of him as well (laughs) Uh, I know when she's like oh yeah I do have a friend Jacob like oh Mm. great like (laughs) he's in love with you it's not the same like I know I feel like she should have become better friends with uh Leah maybe 
Yeah. Maybe. Maybe she will. Or Emily, at least. Yeah. Maybe after Breaking Dawn, mm-hmm. we can think that she does. She did. But yeah. Yeah. The only That'd other thing cool. I had to say about this interview is that she says that she didn't set out to write for children. Hmm. She didn't. She said, I never would have thought that my books would promote literacy. Someone would have to be a real reader to ever pick up one of pick one of these up because they've run out of everything else and oh. <laughs> she's so self-deprecating but I just mentioned that because um I don't know I don't think her inspiration was to even write like young adult or for young readers no do you think it's just I feel like it just kind of fell into the young adult category because it's pretty PG, like she doesn't put anything overtly sexual in it, and it yeah. is about teenagers. Yeah. That's what I think, too. Mm-hmm. I But she did make it about teenagers. Like, the dream. True. Like, did it have to be teens? Like, the dream could have been people in their 20s. True. Now we can move on to the inspiration part. Alright. So... It's kind of interesting because a lot of this section, I feel like, doesn't really fit the section title. Yeah. Well, first it's the Twilight Saga playlists. Mm-hmm. Which she makes playlists for all the books. Oh, wait, no, no but isn't it, there's a timeline to start it, which just outlines every single thing that what has page happened. Are you on? I'm on page 405, so like right after oh. the section header says timeline and it's a complete timeline this is something that i don't think stephanie put together as we've mentioned before in talking about the guide this i think an editor probably threw together every single piece of information in the book yeah okay yeah i didn't even look at this yeah nothing is new here it's just everything that happens in the books yeah that's not an origin or inspiration yeah yeah it doesn't fit here it's funny the details in the timeline, like, they're very broad up until the point where Bella moves to Forks, and then some of them are so specific, like, in March, there's a note for Mike asks Bella to the spring dance, like, okay, yeah, I just don't know why anyone would need this timeline, I guess maybe it's a quick reference just to see what happens. Mm-hmm, guess so. And then, then there's, like, basically the same thing where it's yes. keep key plot points it's like cliff notes it's literally cliff notes <laughs> why is this necessary yeah this i just skipped over i like started reading it a little bit and i was like eh, i know this already yeah okay i think i like accidentally approached this episode not on the section of the book as like literally origins and inspirations yeah well the section because i didn't read this well the stuff about classic literature and everything should be in this section like yeah a lot of the cars i don't really understand how the cars are part of the origin (laughs) or inspiration did you read the cars part i read that when we did the the collins episode oh true did you have anything to say about no nothing to say except i said oh um the first line for the Volvo, Edward's Volvo, it says, most, mm-hmm. most often overlooked, <laughs> like, about the car. I don't think it's the most often overlooked at all. I think that's the main car that we hear about. It's so iconic. Yeah. But, again, I think I think this is a part of Stephanie's K- 
character herself where she underestimates her own intelligence about things. Like, she underestimates herself as a writer. Like, oh, I wasn't yeah. a writer. She's saying, like, she is not an expert on cars. But the ex- explanations here about the cars, if she did write them, makes her sound like <laughs> an expert on cars. <laughs> she, d- she definitely knows her cars. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't even know car models. Like, when I people don't... reference one, I'm like, what What does that look like? No, no, I don't know. not at all. <laughs> I know I know some, like, I know a couple, but yeah. not that many. I also don't really see the difference between, like, a more common type of car and, like, one of the luxury cars. Like, I was on the highway with a friend the other day, mm-hmm. and I said, I, I thought I saw one of our other friends, and I go, oh, is that Marissa? And my other friend goes, no, that's a BMW. I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It makes no difference to me. (laughs) Yeah, I would only know from, like, the logo on the car. But I don't know if I could, like, it depends. Yeah, Charlie's always like, oh, look at that Cherokee over there. And I'm like, what? What? (laughs) Which one is, like, what color? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Somehow people know every single make and model of cars. (laughs) Yeah. It's That's funny. not as... Stephanie loves cars. Yeah, she does. <laughs> it's cool. It's like her interests are just so not what you would expect. I know. I actually love the rabbit. Like I, I am familiar with that car. That's the car that um yeah. drove in high school. And I love that Jacob has a rabbit. I don't know why. I just think it suits him. It's like old. It's some might say not a great car, but I think it's cute. I like that Jacob has a rabbit. It's not in the movies, but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so none of that was really inspiration. I mean, mm. I guess you could say, like, cars yeah. influence, or I don't know. Yeah, but. she says the VW Rabbit has been accepted by CarNet since its inception as an easily modeled driver's car. It was the most attractive option for Jacob with its low cost of entry, ease of repair, and fun return on investment. While <laughs> worth less than the wheel from Edward's Ashton Martin, the Rabbit, the rabbit is still capable of putting the same smile on Jacob's face. Mm. Highlighting the accessible nature of Jacob's character, this car proves that driving enjoyment does not require hundreds of thousands of dollars and looks to match the price tag. Jacob shows himself as equally endearing despite constant comparisons to Bella's perfect hum- vampire love. Mm. Yeah, it does. Sh- I mean, it's kind of cool. That there's a lot of thought put into which car they drive. Yeah. So, like, that side of Jacob, that does sound cute to me. I'm like, oh. Yeah. But then he pulls some other shit and (laughs) (laughs) pulls me back from being Team Jacob. Um, So, did you have anything to say about these playlists? Um, Some songs I do not know, but I think it's really cool that she is so specific with the songs and the parts of the stories that they have inspired. They're very literal. Yes, some of them are. Which was surprising to me. Like... I know this is weird, but I have made playlists for, like, because, like, I'll write stories. I don't show anyone. I'm, like, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of, like, Stephanie Meyer. Um, But I have made playlists for them before just because I listen to music and it reminds me of it. But it's always more about the vibe. It's not really, like, literally this Mm. is what's happening, you know. Like, here she has, like, the very first one for Twilight. The song's Why Does It Always Rain On Me. Yes. And it's about when it's raining in Port <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cool play throughout these playlists. 
a lot, which I love Coldplay. I don't know if that makes me lame, but it made me think, why isn't Coldplay on the soundtrack? Maybe they didn't want to be. Probably. Do you know the song Warning Sign by Coldplay? Uh, I don't know it off the top of my head. It's on their second one, um, Rush of Blood to the Head. Well, I was thinking, I wish I put that on one of our playlists we've made. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do another one, but it's so good for New Moon. It's so sad. Oh. The part where he's like, I miss you. Like, it kills me. I literally <laughs> could, like, cry listening to that song. So for New Moon, she put a couple, she put Fix You. Mm-hmm. She put yeah, that's a the, very sad Yeah, one. but it's also kind of one of the most well-known ones. And I know. And the scientist as well for New Moon. Yeah, those are the most, like, popular yeah. songs, <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> Yeah, some of them are like it's very kind of on the nose. Mm-hmm. I think it's cool. Is Jacob's point of view? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. For Twilight, she has "Tremble for My Beloved." Collective yeah. Soul. How did that happen? Like, how did that get on the actual soundtrack? Well, I was wondering, like, did she, did she have this list going when she? was writing Twilight or is this kind of a list that she made retrospectively like I know she says mm. these songs influence the book but when you're putting I something think... together like this I don't know I know I feel like it might have been from actually the time but yeah this that's true like to have a specific song for every single chapter like obviously like some of them you're like okay well, what's the song I'm gonna put for this but I did notice like as it goes on with the books, there are some newer songs. She'll mm-hmm. still have some old ones. So that made me think that it was actually, like, from the time. Yeah. Oh, Wolf Like Me by TV on the Radio is on here. I think I put that in one of our playlists. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and I think it's cool, actually, that the first Twilight movie, and then I guess the subsequent ones after that, kind of honored stephanie's taste in music yeah with the soundtracks isn't that nice i love that it's cool i wonder how much influence she had with that i know i wonder i never was into this band the one that sings my immortal what is it evanescence oh yeah evanescence evanescence yeah sorry i was never I into either. it but i know that it's like very heavily associated with like that time period mm-hmm. and the aesthetic of Twilight. It's very hot topic-y. Yeah. But Stephanie's a big fan of it. I like how I Will Follow You Into the Dark is in here. It's for Breaking Dawn book three. And so is Hazy's Shade of Winter by Simon and Garfunkel. I love that song. Oh, Blink-182. But I have always thought of I Will Follow You Into the Dark as like a Twilight song. Mm. (laughs) Even though it's not, but it just reminds me of it. Oh, my God, she has Mr. Brightside. That's kind of crazy. I know. <laughs> yeah, some <laughs> of them are... Yeah, like, for Brie Tanner, she even has a place for that. There's Heads Will Roll by Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. It's like, that's, oh, yeah. It's a great song, but a little bit... I don't know. I don't know if I'd find inspiration from it. Maybe. Mr. Brightside, in my opinion, is the song of the 2000s. Like, Oh, I agree. Like, I it's the song... Definitely. Where if it comes on, like, I, and I, I don't think it originally was this way, but the way it's aged, like, when it comes on at a bar, mm-hmm. everybody's going to start singing it. 
It's universal. Really loved. Okay, it's so amazing. for that is in Eclipse chapter ten, Edward's perspective. <laughs> As I turned away from him, I thought I saw a flash of something in his eyes that I wasn't supposed to see. I couldn't tell for sure what it was exactly. Worry, maybe for a second, I thought it was panic. But I was probably just making something out of nothing as usual. So that's Bella talking about Edward. But then Edward's perspective. I guess I don't see the correlation between that and... I mean, neither. Now she's falling asleep and he's calling a gap. <laughs> yeah, that part. I guess. <laughs> Our Mr. playlists, we really explain it. Yeah, we. She, I wish she explained why the song... I, I know that would be a lot, but like why the song influence that part because she just includes a quote and it's like wait what <laughs> yeah i would like to make these playlists for real but it would also take a lot of time yeah <laughs> the beach boys wanted to be nice that's cute that is for breaking dawn book one talking about but her the thing is like that how would that song, like, actually inspire this part? Yeah, I don't think so. Like, <laughs> so that part, it's chapter one of Breaking Dawn. Getting married, though? What's the rush? He eyed me suspicious. He eyed me suspiciously again. The rush was due to the fact that I was getting closer to 19 every stinking day while Edward stayed frozen in all his 17 years, 17-year-old perfection as he had for over 90 years. Wow. And I guess, wouldn't it be nice if we were younger? Yeah. But when we were know. older. Oh, yeah, when we were older. Yeah, wait, that doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess that maybe the part that's like, we could be married and then we'd be happy. Yeah, that's definitely not the vibe, though. Of I this know. Wedding. She's kind of hesitant to get married. She's not like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I wish. She wants to slow down the clock, not speed it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that tripped me up. She just, I feel that like that confused sense. me. To, like, <laughs> I was reimagining what the song was to make it fit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think I would have preferred, instead of a quote, just like a little paragraph, like why it connects to the, the chapter. Yeah, that would be interesting. What if all she did, sorry, being cynical and speculative here, what if she just gave the playlist yeah. and that's it? And then the publishers or whatever just found quotes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of seems that way. I don't know. I mean, I we've said this. Like, I, I don't think Stephanie wrote the majority of this book. Mm. Wow, Mel. Bold, bold take there. <laughs> no, I, I, I kind of agree. A lot of it she actually wouldn't have to do, you know? Like, the yeah. timeline and stuff. I don't know. Then there's, like, fan art. That doesn't... That's not inspirations or origins. No, I guess Although it's cool to see. They are inspired by Twilight. Oh, It is really true. cool. All of this is so beautiful. I know. Can you also imagine being one of the people who made these... That'd be so cool. Your art is in the book. I know. I love the one. I love the one on page 514 at the top specifically. I think it's so cool. 
like 5.15. Just this illustration of like Bella, I guess, looking down. She's like above a window and then there's like a jacked Edward. <gasps> um, yeah. And then below it is like a wolf coming out of the window and it's just really cool. And all the interpretations, Edward often has the pretty red hair. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be nice? I love the one of Jacob and Bella, and Jacob's face is like, ah. I know, that's cute. <laughs> it's like very smiley. The one below it when Edward's running, and her face yeah. is like screaming. I like that. The one of Esme is beautiful. That is really pretty. The one above Edward, I mean, Carlisle looks very contemplative. Mm. And the title is How to Save a Life. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the one of Emmett looks like Kellen Lutz. I wonder if that was... I know. If they knew he was going to play Emmett before this was rendered. Maybe. There's the international covers, but I think we should save that for another episode. I think so, too. I think it would be fun to do Twilight Around the World. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything more for the guide? Because I have more things to say about inspiration and stuff, but not from the guide. No, I don't have anything more okay. for the guide. Cool. Cool, cool. Mm, well, so we have this book that Mel and I got when we went to Forks and went to the festival. And we've, like, referenced it before. It's called Twilight Saga Fan Phenomena. Mm -hmm. Edited by Lorena Aker, Aker. And it's, like, a collection of essays like serious like well-written researched essays all about twilight it's so cool and there's a few parts in here i felt like were relevant to this topic you know mm -hmm. <laughs> inspiration <laughs> i can't talk right now <laughs> ah, i should have read this too um <laughs> let's see well i already kind of talked about this just that this is one called up from the crypt the resurrection of traditional narrative in the twilight saga by cynthia crane and she's talking about how the book kind of brings back structure and themes and stuff from classic literature okay. and stuff and i just wanted to read this paragraph see what you think yeah so she said tradition is a problematic term today because it tends to signify conservative which conjures up a politically incorrect sentiment in some media however readers enthusiastic accept acceptance and passionate support of the twilight series suggests that traditional themes and plot structure are still valid in contemporary literature and in this case strike a chord across generations and cultures older readers no doubt since traces of the traditional themes inherent in the series as the Twilight Saga is a throwback to classic novels read by the baby boomer generation in their youth. The nostalgic allusion to a bygone time is not surprising as Stephanie Meyer has a literature background. When reading the four novels in the series, one can feel the romantic rhythm of the sentences, the excitement of reading a story that somehow feels familiar. Younger readers may or may not be cognizant that the actions and ethics of the characters are classic in nature or reflect, quote, traditional values. The contagious adoption of these themes testifies, however, that conspicuously or subconsciously or subconsciously, the Twilight fandom has accepted the traditional underpinnings of the story. If they had not, they could have easily rejected the Twilight books, calling out overt moralizing or trickery on social media sites and elsewhere. Yet, mm. Meyer's writing may be subtle enough that the tradition is not immediately felt and seen by the younger audience. The Twilight narrative is imbued with tradition, but with a twist. And 
yeah, I mean, goes on to say how, like, there is a lot of, you know, it's a vampire book. Vampires have been done before. It's not new. Yeah. Um, even though Myers strips away the traditional deadliness of the frightening gothic vampire, she leaves sense of other, something otherworldly or exotic in Edward. Next page says... Literary references are apparent throughout the Twilight Saga and symbolically tied to Bella and her relationship with Edward. As a traditional heroine, Bella is mature and womanly while still girlish. She's a mix of dependent and independent, old-fashioned and contemporary. While she adheres to the mm. traditional heroine in many ways, she does not easily fit the category of a helpless heroine or 19th century throwback where some critics have placed her. Bella is a combination of literary heroine Anne of Green Gables, Jane Eyre, Elizabeth Bennet, and Catherine Earnshaw. Although she embodies many of their characteristics, she's not entirely any one of them. Yeah. Mm. I, I like how that writer says that she doesn't fit where the critics have placed her. Like, when you are thinking about like a submissive damsel in distress maybe that's present in some classics or traditional literature like come on (laughs) that like come on (laughs) (laughs) she's not like she's not waiting to get married waiting for her prince charming yeah like it's kind of crazy that people act like she is Yeah, it's almost like someone who didn't really want to be or doesn't fit just kind of ended up in Mm. a classic romance type of story. Yeah. But she is more of a modern girl, really. But I think that's what's interesting about it. I mean, yeah. But at the same time, it's not like she's getting married, like, against her will. (laughs) Yeah, no. Like, everything is still all her choice and on her terms. But, like, the marriage, the happy ending, none of that is, like, because that's, like, what Bella always dreamed about. And, like, it's her sole purpose. Like, it's just, like, that's what she found and then that's what she decides that she Mm -hmm. wanted. But, like, it's, it's, I don't know. Like, I also feel like marriage and other stories, like represents something more than just the love story between them but like with Bella and Edward it's all about just being together because they love each other so much true true well that's kind of all I had for this chapter there was more about like Wuthering Heights and stuff but I feel like we've Mm -hmm. covered it (laughs) so did you say you like looked something up oh I was just saying that I you know beforehand I think it's Gosh, is it in, like, the, I don't remember which book that Stephanie states her inspirations, but we've talked about this before, how she says, you know, Jane Eyre, Anne of Green Gables, but then she goes on to talk about other influences. Like, she talks about Muse, that's is a big one. Is this the one. Entertainment Park, Weekly we interview? The Entertainment, yeah, the Entertainment mm-hmm. Weekly interview, and I can't remember if we've talked about this exact interview before. Like, she explains how some of these things had influenced her. And, like, two of the things that we laughed about before that we thought was so crazy was yeah. Baby Mama and HGTV. Yeah. Like, I don't think they really, based off this interview, I don't think they really influenced the writing of the book. They just helped her escape Yeah, when she it's was writing like it. kind of like what she was into <laughs> at the time. Yeah. But- yeah, it wasn't a direct inspiration or anything. But maybe subconsciously, maybe it did. Yeah, maybe. 
I, I can see HGTV because, like, she says she loves houses and loves looking at the houses. And I don't know, mm. like, the Collins house, question mark. <laughs> yeah. Or just, like, especially if she's a little bit isolated mm-hmm. and didn't have many friends and she's just kind of seeing her family all the time. Like, you need to be around people to write about people. So maybe, like, the people on HGTV were the people that she was drawing inspiration from for dialogue or mannerisms or appearances. Hmm. I thought it was funny in that same article. She said the band Majory Fair inspired a lot of New Moon, mm-hmm. I guess, which I've actually, I don't think I've listened to them. Maybe I should check them out. But she said, they can put you in a suicidal state faster than anything I know. Yes. <laughs> She's so emo. <laughs> and then for My Chemical Romance... She said, this band is so in touch for me with Jacob's character. Mm. Yeah, I actually, uh, after I read that, I started listening to some of my chemical romance and thinking about <laughs> it as Jacob. It's cool. It's fun. You're just, like, getting really into it. Yeah, getting into the Jacob mindset. I did a little, like, research online, too, and I saw, like, we know this, basically, but this article with the guardian the guardian said that stephanie hates horror oh my god why am i a boss next right now mm. hates horror <laughs> it's a hard word to say hates horror <laughs> is a teetotaler which i didn't know what that meant but it means someone who never drinks alcohol has never seen an mm-hmm. r-rated film and confesses to not even having read dracula Wait, she's never seen well, an R-rated film? guess what, though? After that, she does say, what? I found another interview, because, you know, I always talk about Interview with Vampire, because I saw that movie, and I really liked it, and it, like, yeah. reminded me of Twilight, in a way. But um, she said, I've seen little pieces of Interview with the Vampire when it was on TV, but I always kind of go, yuck, I don't watch R-rated movies. That really cuts down a lot of the horror. Um, But Interview with the Vampire is rated R, so... Yeah. She technically has I've... seen... But that's kind of crazy. She's she doesn't watch R-rated films. Like you're not a child. Why. And sometimes people are, sometimes things are R-rated not because there's like really sexual scenes or anything, but like swearing. Yeah, or sometimes like war or even even like Nomad yeah. movie we just watched. Like it's just on my mind. I think all those movies were R, probably the Oscar movies. But, like... Probably. I think it's just, like... Adult movies. Movies yeah. are rated R. Because yeah. it's too complex it's, or, like, too dark or too sad, yeah. even. <laughs> or, yeah. Or a lot of old movies are rated R because the standards were yeah. different back then. I know. I feel like she's holding herself back. Yeah. Wait, that's kind of crazy. I mean, to each their you own, know. but... I feel like the best movies are R. You're not a child. I mean, besides Twilight. Yeah, I agree. But... Um, <laughs> if I see that something, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's PG yeah. thirteen, right? Yeah, yeah. But I like when I like when I see a movie hmm. trailer and it's R. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. I'm looking up Pride and Prejudice movie. Probably PG thirteen, if I had to guess. Or PG. The uh, PG. Oh, wow. Okay. Jane Eyre movie rating PG thirteen mm. okay interesting she's never seen stepbrothers <laughs> I guess of not of course not 
But I do, you know, it's actually been like a year or so since I've seen Interview with Vampire. I don't know. But I remember at the time being like, Mm -hmm. I wonder if she's seen this. I wonder if this influenced her. And maybe it did a little bit because she said she has seen it on TV. So, but she was like, yuck. (laughs) Huh. That's a little extreme. But to each their own. I grew up, like, my parents didn't really like watching kids' Mm -hmm. movies. So, my parents were never strict about the rating for a movie. Like, if they wanted to watch a movie that was rated R, we as a family would watch it. And, like, never were they like, this is too old for you. Yeah, <laughs> like, they And, like, maybe that's not good. Like, I remember watching Fargo when I was really young and seeing them, like, have full-on <laughs> sex in the scenes. I mean, like, what the fuck? But it's fine. Yeah, I know. My dad would always put on movies, like vacation or caddyshack yeah. when i was like in elementary school yeah yeah school even <laughs> literally and i would get i would get really but, like nervous and upset sometimes like i remember in vacation there's a part yeah. when he's like gonna cheat on his wife or something and i remember being like yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> upset. i was like little stephanie meyer like this is so impure yeah <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess it might teach you values <laughs> that maybe you shouldn't be taught so young. Maybe. But I felt cooler than other people because I could watch movies like that. Like, I felt like I understood the world a little yeah, bit better. Yeah, you probably did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I got this list from. Maybe I just made it up. Or, no, I think it was from Wikipedia. It said her influences were... Mormonism, her professor from BYU, um, Stephen Walker. I don't know what his deal is, but I guess that's an influence on her. Jane Austen, Orson Scott Card. It's like one of her favorite writers. Yeah. Wow, The Breakfast Club is rated R. Oh, yeah, I knew that. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's like one. Has she yeah, never seen it? Hold yourself back. Probably not if it's rated R. <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. Well, that's pretty much all I have to say, though. <laughs> should, we, should we wrap it up? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I was looking at the playlist for Midnight Sun that she has on her website, and yeah. I thought it was cool that The Night We Met by Lord Huron's on there. <gasps> yeah, is it the one with Phoebe Bridgers? Awesome. I don't think so. Oh. Um, And then Turning Page is on there by Sleeping Out. Oh, my <laughs> God. Funny. Of course, that's in that's retrospectively, though. I know. <laughs> Just from the Breaking Dawn soundtrack to anyone who forgot. Imagine if the the playlist that she shared for Midnight Sun was just literally every single song from the soundtracks. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh, my God. It's just Paramore. Yeah, literally. <laughs> You know, there still would be people, like, defending it and being like, no, but, like, it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, like, she just, she happened to still be inspired by that. Yeah, and... like, some people would love it. <laughs> I can't, like, I can't stand stan culture <laughs> and fandoms. Like, I, I get it. Like, I'm not even thinking specifically about Twilight. Like, yeah. The, I have somehow fallen into, like, the Taylor Swift fandom on my For You page on TikTok. So I always see people, like, debating things about it. I just can't stand people who defend every little thing that their favorite artist does. And, like, I think people do do that with Twilight, too. And it's like, you don't have Mm -hmm. to. You can still be a fan and critique. 
Yeah. But I do think, too, like, the critiques, sometimes there's too many critiques. Yeah. I think, like, for Taylor, probably, I feel this way about Lana. Like, I get defensive just because I think people are being really nitpicky, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, this doesn't matter. So, it pisses me off. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, you don't have to love everything. Yeah. That someone puts out. Sometimes I think I'm guilty of that with Twilight, though. Like, if we're rereading the books, I feel like I'm more inclined to make a note about something that is critical than Mm -hmm. making a note of, like, I love this. Because it's just, there's not really anything noteworthy sometimes to say about things that you just enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, I think people think it's a little less interesting, but I think it is important. Mm-hmm. to focus on the bright side sometimes. Ah, <laughs> oh, no Lana Del Rey on her Midnight Sun playlist. What the fuck? Do you think she too listens? risque for her, probably. But I mean, some of the things she listens to are risque, too. Mm, true. I think a lot of the things she listens to are kind of risque. I bet Lana likes Twilight. I just know it. Yeah, I can see it. I wish I could interview her and ask... Or do you think she's never even read it? <laughs> I feel like she has. I bet she's read it. I don't yeah, know why. Probably. I just feel like it. <sighs> I love when I celebrities wonder. love Twilight. I think that's cool. I mean, mm-hmm. who really cares? But, like, when they're, like, to this day, like, big fans of it. Like, I know Noah Cyrus yeah, is. Cool. I just think, yeah, like, we need representation. representation is important (laughs) as a twilight fan like i i feel seen when i see that someone else likes Mm -hmm. the same thing (laughs) it's coming up oh my gosh it's coming up on almost a year from when we found out that midnight sun was about to be released isn't that crazy (sighs) what (laughs) yeah how is that even possible (laughs) what may 4th it was may 4th right yeah what the hell? Wait. Sorry, remember how, language. Remember how we thought that it was going to be, or maybe it was just me, like something Star Wars related or like like Star yeah. Wars since it had that like starry background and it was Yeah, May that didn't 4th. make sense to me though because like, <laughs> yeah. how could Stephanie Meyer be involved with Star Wars? But something inspired by Star Wars maybe. Oh, okay. Like well, something space. Spacey, sci-fi, like some type of connection there. Which I think made us think it was the host. Yeah. 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 Oh, I was sure. I was sure of it. Yeah. I know. We were, like, <laughs> laughing at people that thought it was Midnight Sun. We were like, no way. Yeah. It's not Midnight Sun. Can't believe you people think that would actually happen. The imagery was misleading. Yeah. It just it didn't look right. And then when we first saw the book cover, we were like, why would people fake us out like that? I know. <laughs> This is not real. It's yeah. a fan cover. Uh, yeah, obviously it's a fan cover. <laughs> mm. We didn't want to get our hopes up so much that we were very... Like, it just seemed crazy, like, to think it would be Midnight Sun. I know. And now it's almost a year I can't since believe it's been that. reality. I know. I can't believe it's been almost a year. I'm really freaked out right now. Yeah. I mean, we still have to wait three months for it to be released, but the reality of knowing that it was going to be published, Mm -hmm. we're coming up on that anniversary. 
It feels like it was a couple months ago. I know. Oh my gosh. It's so weird. Does anyone else feel that way? I was just going to think, like, maybe on that anniversary she'll release <laughs> another book. I do think, like, a lot of artists, they have had so much extra time. Like, it's not impossible that one day Stephanie could just, like, drop a bomb on us and surprise us <laughs> with something That'd like, be cool. out of the blue. I And let's manifest that right now. Okay. Just, just let's all hold hands. It. And pray. <laughs> what if that did happen the day this episode comes out? <laughs> That'd be amazing. It'd be freaky. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right. That would be really cool to have a new book. I I'm really happy having a new book. Like, didn't that feel nice to have? Oh my gosh. A book in your hands. You know. I'm feeling sad just thinking about it because I really want that feeling again. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I, any other thoughts on? Origins, inspirations? Um, no, not really. (laughs) Cool, cool. Yeah. It's, I would like to dive deeper into this. I want to read Jane Eyre. I'd like to reread Wuthering Mm. Heights someday and just, because, like, sometimes I miss that feeling of reading Twilight for the first time. I feel like maybe I'll get a little bit of that feeling. Yeah, probably. I should read Wuthering Heights. Yeah. But speaking of reading. That one's, like, a little spooky. Oh, really? It's not It's not that crazy, but it has, like, spooky vibes, so it's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of reading, uh, I'm going to read Life and Death pretty slowly, probably. I can't imagine myself, like, speeding through it. Okay, cool. Because uh, it's not that exciting. Like, I already know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, maybe I'll start it soon. Yeah, and then we'll just, because I know I, a couple of people have asked us, like, are we ever going to cover it? Yes, we are going to cover it, but we've had to prepare ourselves to read it. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I imagined having, like, at least two parts of that. So well, we that's, could. I mean, we could. Yeah. It's just the same exact plot, so. Yeah, I, that's so true, though. It's like, what, <laughs> what can we say? Yeah. We've already covered Twilight. Reading so. it now, I'm thinking that, like, even when we cover it, like, people who haven't read it, like, it's not like we would spoil anything for you because That's you true. know what happens. Well, isn't there, like, a spoiler at the en- for the end? Oh, I guess so. I already forget what the spoiler was. I know what it is. One interesting I thing about life and death is she didn't swap Charlie and Renee, and she explains in the beginning that the reason for that is because it would have been really unrealistic for the dad to get full custody if he was like Renee's character like moving around Mm. no steady job (laughs) yeah (laughs) these things are so true in real life like these roles it is that would be weird it's like wait why did a dad like who's really flaky and doesn't even cook yeah why would While he... the mom has a steady job in a house and everything, like, why? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. No, that's, like, one part where it's, like, okay, gender norms unfortunate. do apply. Yeah, it is, it is unfortunate. At, at least at that time, like, a court would always usually favor the mom getting full that's custody, sad. even if she's like Renee. And, yeah, I don't think Renee is, like, a horrible mom. No. Like, I don't think she's, like, straight up neglectful or anything, but it's just doesn't seem like the more steady parent yeah yeah 
it would make mm. sense for Charlie to get full custody, but because wow, she's that's a mom, so interesting. Renee gets it. Wow, cool. Wow, I'm shocked. I didn't know you were reading it. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm only on chapter one, but <laughs> finally, I'm gonna cool wrap my brain around it. Yay! I another one. One other thing I'll say is I think the names are too weird. Oh, I agree. Like I don't know. It's 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 harder to get used to the name when it's an unusual name. Yeah, because there's Bo is Bella now. Mm-hmm. Which isn't really that common of a name. No, and his real name is Beaufort. Oh. Beaufort? Is it is Beaufort? That name? <laughs> I think and it's Beaufort. Edward is Edith. Yeah, what? I mean, I guess Edith is old, so mm. it makes sense, but... Rosalie is royal. That is weird. Yeah, that is weird. Why not just, like, Ryan or something? Yeah, yeah. Or, I'm sure there's... What's Alice? Uh, Alice is Archie. That's cute. Yeah, it's cute. But <laughs> Alan would sound... I appreciate when it's the name sound super similar. Like, mm. Eric is Erica. I really appreciate that because, like, yeah. I don't have to do the mental gymnastics to be like, wait, which character is this? Yeah, Alice probably should have been, yeah, Alan or Alex or something. Mm-hmm. It's I, I kind of like Bo. Mm. Boy Bella. I'm I'm wow. a fan. I'm like, wow, he's so sweet and sensitive. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if I'd be like less forgiving of Edith than Edward. Yeah. It's no. It's actually really interesting. Like I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I'm ready to read this book. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I feel is like with Bo, like the I mean, I'm only in chapter one, so I hope this isn't like spoiling our episode that we'll do about it later mm-hmm. i'm finding it hard to believe that a teenage boy would have the same feelings about living with his dad that bella has with moving in with charlie initially like mm-hmm. i don't know i just like i have it in my head the stereotype that a teenage boy is always like i'm gonna go live with dad yeah and he's like just as like unenthusiastic about it i just I don't know, I, I just find that unrealistic, but again, like, that's my own stereotypes. I don't know, like, I think, so, like, I have, psh, I'll cut this out, but, like, I think of, like, didn't mm. live with their dads, but they kind of had issues with their dads, and so they did have reasons to be, like, you know, reluctant or straight yeah. up dislike their dads, but Charlie didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, exactly. So... I get, like, a girl being, like, oh, she's just awkward, like, I just don't really know my dad, and, like, you just feel more comfortable with your mom, I think, but, mm-hmm. um, when he, Charlie wasn't really, like, a deadbeat or anything, no, so he's why would he be, caring. like, oh, I have to live with dad? Yeah, yeah, like, I, I just don't get that. Mm-hmm. But I don't get it in either character, Bella or Bo. I think <laughs> they're really too hard on Charlie. I know! <laughs> I don't get it either. Interesting. Yeah. Can't wait to see how, what it gets like later, how I start to feel about it. I'm excited. I want to, like, run home and read it. Yeah, do it. No. I, again, I think it'll be slow, but I think, I think it'll be fun to cover on the show finally. Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I have to go get, um, dinner with my parents, actually. Cool. I got a jet. to eat? Yep. I think we're cool. going out. There was Where? a lot of 
drama about this. Ugh. You know, my mom. Really? She's, she's so difficult. Like, every single place she shot down. And she was like, no. So, I think we might go to Yard House, but. Oh, cool. It was, like, getting to the point where it was like, okay, we're going to have to just go to the 99s. <laughs> <laughs> well, Yard House is cool. Are you going to get a yard of beer? Oh, I don't even think. Probably not. I don't like <laughs> beer, but maybe if I can get a yard of something else, I will. Mm-hmm cool well have fun but wish me luck good luck (laughs) and everyone listening we love you we love you but we got a plan to catch Mm -hmm. and we'll see you next time see you next time bye You can contact us at anotherbiteoftwilight at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at anotherbiteoftwilight. The music is by Traces. See you next time.